The following article contains a large amount of mathematics which the listener may find confusing. If need be, the article may be viewed at lesswrong.com. Entropy and short codes. Suppose you have a system, X, that's equally likely to be in any of eight possible states. X base 1, X base 2, X base 3, X base 4, X base 5, X base 6, X base 7, X base 8. There's an extraordinarily ubiquitous quantity in physics, mathematics, and even biology called entropy. And the entropy of X is 3 bits. This means that, on average, we'll have to ask three yes or no questions to find out X's value. For example, someone could tell us X's value using this code. X base 1, 0, 0, 001. X base 2, 0, 010. 0. X base 3, 0, 011. 1. X base 4, 100. 0, 0. X base 5, 101. 1. X base 6, 110. X base 7, 111. X base 8, 0, 0, 0. So if I asked, is the first symbol 1? And heard yes. Then asked, is the second symbol 1? And heard no. Then asked, is the third symbol 1? And heard no. I would know that X was in state 4. Now suppose that the system Y has four possible states with the following probabilities. Y base 1, 1 half, 50%. Y base 2, 1 fourth, 25%. Y base 3, 1 eighth, 12.5%. Y base 4, 1 eighth, 12.5%. Then the entropy of Y would be 1.75 bits, meaning that we can find out its value by asking 1.75 yes or no questions. What does it mean to talk about asking one and three-fourths of a question? Imagine that we designate the states of Y using the following code. Y base 1, 1. Y base 2, 0, 1. Y base 3, 0, 0, 1. Y base 4, 0, 0, 0. First you ask, is the first symbol 1? If the answer is yes, you're done. Y is in state 1. This happens half the time, so 50% of the time. It takes one yes or no question to find out Y's state. Suppose that instead the answer is no. Then you ask, is the second symbol 1? If the answer is yes, you're done. Y is in state 2. Y is in state 2 with probability 1 fourth. And each time Y is in state 2, we discover this fact using two yes or no questions. So 25% of the time, it takes two questions to discover Y's state. If the answer is no, twice in a row, you ask, is the third symbol 1? If yes, you're done, and Y is in state 3. If no, you're done, and Y is in state 4. The one-eighth of the time that Y is in state 3, it takes three questions. And the one-eighth of the time that Y is in state 4, it takes three questions. One-half times one plus one-fourth times two plus one-eighth times three plus one-eighth times three equals 
0.5 plus 0.5 plus 0.375 plus 0.375 equals 1.75. The general formula for the entropy of a system S is the sum overall SI of the negative of the probability of a system state I times the log base 2 of the probability state I. For example, the log base 2 of 1 eighth is negative 3. So, negative 1 eighth times negative 3 equals 0 0.375 is the contribution of state S base 4 to the total entropy. One eighth of the time we have to ask three questions. You can't always devise a perfect code for a system, but if you have to tell someone the state of arbitrarily many copies of S in a single message, you can get arbitrarily close to a perfect code. Google arithmetic coding for a simple method. Now you might ask, why not use the code 10 for Ybase 4 instead of 000? Wouldn't that let us transmit messages more quickly? But if you use the code 10 for Ybase 4, then when someone answers yes to the question, is the first symbol 1, you won't know yet whether the system state is Ybase 1, 1, or Ybase 4, 10. In fact, if you change the code this way, the whole system falls apart, because if you hear 1001, you don't know if it means Ybase 4 followed by Ybase 2, or Ybase 1 followed by Ybase 3. The moral is that short words are a conserved resource. The key to creating a good code, a code that transmits messages as compactly as possible, is to reserve short words for things that you'll need to say frequently, and use longer words for things that you won't need to say as often. When you take this art to its limit, the length of the message you need to describe something corresponds exactly, or almost exactly, to its probability. This is the minimum description length or minimum message length formalization of Occam's razor. And so even the labels that we use for words are not quite arbitrary. The sounds that we attach to our concepts can be better or worse, wiser or more foolish, even apart from considerations of common usage. I say all this because the idea that you can X any way you like is a huge obstacle to learning how to X wisely. It's a free country. I have a right to my own opinion. Obstructs the art of finding truth. I can define a word any way I like. Obstructs the art of carving reality at its joints. And even the sensible sounding, the labels we attach to words are arbitrary, obstructs awareness of compactness. Prosody, too, for that matter. Tolkien once observed what a beautiful sound the phrase cellar door makes. That is the kind of awareness it takes to use language like Tolkien. The length of words also plays a non-trivial role in the cognitive science of language. Consider the phrases recliner, chair, and furniture. Recliner is a more specific category than chair. Furniture is a more general category than chair. But the vast majority of chairs have a common use. You use the same sort of motor actions to sit down in them. And you sit down in them for the same sort of purpose, to take your weight off your feet while you eat or read or type or rest. Recliners do not depart from this theme. 
Furniture, on the other hand, includes things like beds and tables which have different uses and call up different motor functions from chairs. In the terminology of cognitive psychology, chair is a basic-level category. People have a tendency to talk and presumably think at the basic level of categorization, to draw the boundary around chairs rather than around the more specific category recliner or the more general category furniture. People are more likely to say, you can sit in that chair than you can sit in that recliner or you can sit in that furniture. And it is no coincidence that the word for chair contains fewer syllables than either recliner or furniture. Basic level categories in general tend to have short names, and nouns with short names tend to refer to basic level categories. Not a perfect rule, of course, but a definite tendency. Frequent use goes along with short words. Short words go along with frequent use. Or as Douglas Hofstadter put it, there's a reason why the English language uses the to mean the, and anti-disestablishmentarianism to mean anti-disestablishmentarianism instead of anti-disestablishmentarianism other way around.